Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. Yes, and welcome along to Homestyle for Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. Just like Shana Blaze, that is Red Energy. My name's Jane Neild. It is great to be in your ears again. And of course, welcoming in Shana Blaze, interior designer, author, TV presenter, winner of The Celebrity Apprentice in 2021. There's a little bit of news we need to touch on with that. Judge on the Block, which is just smashing it in the ratings on Channel 9 at the moment, getting to the very pointy end of the competition and uh, founder of The Voice of Change Australia. Welcome to you from my new, brand new home studio, Shana. How are you? I'm great, Jane. You look fantastic in your new studio. Like, you know, it's about time, but anyway. (laughs) Absolutely. And as uh, people may know, if they've been listening to us throughout lockdowns and that, we've both done a a little bit of a tree change and I finally have good enough internet to be recording from the country house. Oh, it is just such a wonderful thing. Uh, Now, I did mention there was a little bit of news about the Celebrity Apprentice. Do not tell me that you are now being aired on the BBC in England. Is that not a massive, massive thing for you, Shana? Well, I know that they weren't able to do an English version. So, you know, because Lord Sugar is English, they put it over there. But the funny thing is that um, Ross Noble had gone over there and the timing of him going over there and that being viewed, because, you know, he took a big risk and, and said, like, hey, I'm going to go over and do some shows because he hasn't been able to do them here in Australia. So the timing for Ross to be there as it's being aired is just incredible. And also the, the block is being streamed at the moment overseas too. So it's, yeah, I think there's um, a lot of people will know who we are, which is exciting. That is amazing. I mean, you know, for, for some of us who grew up in Australia in a certain era, I mean, the BBC is very... Very much like, you know, it's it's the pinnacle of television if you're talking outside of the US. So that's very exciting. I feel like there could be a real upsurge in interest, Shana, in your wonderful, wonderful television skills. And if any of those BBC producers or British TV types start watching some of your other shows like Selling Houses, <laughs> they're going to say, hang on, you got Andrew Winter, we're going to take Blaze and suddenly you'll be doing like country mansion rescues or, you know, out in the in the front. French countryside even like I don't know there's a lot of potential over there isn't there <laughs> oh too funny I don't know maybe they want me to do a pantomime like they used to do with neighbours <laughs> I was going to mention there is a long heritage of Australian TV being absolutely massive in the UK neighbours yeah. ran for decades so does Home and Away and a lot of people still know Australia based on what they see from our TV yeah. shows so why not <laughs> why not <laughs> um, now people may not know as well that you produced a movie the which I just wanted to touch on as well because I've seen a little bit of uh, chatter about this on social media. As I understand, you weren't actually able to get to the premiere at Cinefest Oz in Bustleton in WA because of uh, lockdown restrictions. But for those of us hanging out, maybe watching some of uh, what's happening on your Instagram, is there a chance we'll be able to see it soon? Where can we stream it? Can we actually watch the Fort movie? We're so close to actually getting in cinemas. Like cinemas are opening up finally in Australia after almost 18 months shut down, maybe longer. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're 
this is our fourth attempt to get it into cinemas. And so we're hoping, you know, we'll get news in the next couple of weeks when we can actually be on, you know, this side of Christmas in 21, which would be amazing. But on top of that, our lead character, um, Kitty, who is played by Eliza Charlie, has actually moved over to um, Italy for love. And her partner and her beautiful new Italian um, friends and family over there put on a premiere, surprise premiere night for wow. her. So have a look on Eliza Charlie's Instagram and um, there's some pictures on there of her being, you know, bravo down a red carpet that was apparently borrowed from a church. <laughs> To give her her own world premiere, which was absolutely incredible. And um, the it's actually on the actor website at the moment um, for all members, which are up for awards. So we're sort of in the independent um, movie category. So we're hoping maybe some good news out of that too. But anyway, stay tuned. <laughs> and this is a great segue, I'm guessing, because I didn't realise you actually shot it in your new forever home, which is the property in Kyneton that you've been renovating. So hang on, you bought the house, you shot a movie in it, and then decided to do a renovation TV series, uh, Country House Rescue? Yeah. Well, we bought we bought the house for the movie. Oh. And to tell you the truth, it was one of those things that was a financial decision in the fact of going, well, it's it is the it was the price of a two-bedroom unit in Melbourne. So mm. it wasn't this exorbitant price range. It was done in the fact that, you know, could we flip it? Could we do something with it? So unless it was a financial gain, it wasn't worth buying something for because we had to rent something as a set. And while while we um, made the movie, it sat dormant for a while and then just sort of went, you know what? I, I was looking at, at getting 10 acres originally and then having this for a short while was like, oh, my God, that's so much work. Let's just do a normal-sized block and, and make it a, a country property that you can enjoy rather than breaking your back. So that was the final decision on that one. <laughs> I can't wait to see the movie and be able to see all the before shots. And then when we can actually see Country Home Rescue, do we have any news on when that will hit screens? Hopefully not too soon after the block. Else, like, I mean, Shani, you'd just be on TV all year. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe people would be sick of me, but a break would be good. Um, we're not sure yet. We're waiting on an air date. So it will be coming on Channel 9, which is very exciting and um, putting a lot of effort into the show. So fingers crossed we'll hear, hear about that soon as well. So stay tuned on The Fort when it's going to be in movies and in the cinema, sorry, and then also Country Home Rescue. Are you looking forward to going to the cinema? I mean, such a simple pleasure. So as we speak on this Tuesday afternoon, uh, Melbourne has officially come out of lockdown, still restrictions, our friends in New South Wales. Uh, I've also seen a ping from my sister today saying, I think they're opening the South Australian border. I mean, things are starting to feel like we could almost have some sort of a normal Christmas, but, you know, something like just going to a movie, sitting in that cinema, is that something you're looking forward to? I'm actually going to the new Marvel movie, which I'm a little bit excited by. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yes, I'm ecstatic because, you know, we are praying to get our movie into cinemas. So to go and support big and small features um, is, is what I'll be about. So, yeah, bring on the new Marvel movie. 
And in terms of um, socialising, look, I did not plan any social events over the weekend. I have this weird sort of thing going on where, as you mentioned, uh, 10 acres would be a lot. I've got 2.6 acres. My whippersnipper and I have become very close, intimate friends in the last couple of weeks. And I've got to say, great workout, the old whippersnippering. But I was kind of like, all right, I'm not going to go out to dinner five times in the first weekend that lockdown eases. I just want to get the place ready to invite friends over. You're in the same boat. You've got this place that you've been renovating and shooting in but have you had a chance to have friends over yet or when is that going to happen no well we haven't been allowed to have people in our home we were allowed to have people um the weekend just gone but yeah. i was in melbourne so there oh. we go that didn't work for me um but we will be I, I i'm like you i'm sort of a little bit tentative i think we'll might be, have a bit of post-traumatic stress like going into the big wide world it's um, called so re-entry re-entry, re-entry anxiety yeah. is the official term so I, I think you're either going to come out of the gates like a racehorse <laughs> or you're going to just go so I'm in the bit of that one that you know the latter you must have friends kind of like Shana so Shana when are you going to have a little gathering I'm sure there must be people who are desperate to get a look at this new place and and head to the country I mean if you've been in lockdown in Melbourne or Sydney a little trip out into the uh, rural areas of New South Wales or Victoria will be absolutely a dream for most people uh, I think everyone, you know, that I know has got a little, little, um, you know, little bag packed away, but then it's going to be beautiful beach weather soon. So I think there'll be a bit of beach happening and a bit of country. And so I feel like everyone's going to have the best of both worlds. Excellent. Fantastic. You are listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. If it is time to have a good look at those energy bills, why not go with the Melbourne-based company, Aussie Made Energy, and uh, talk to the team at Red Energy. Now, Shana, we have been uh, chatting the block. And of course, as I mentioned, ratings just absolutely through the roof for the block in 2021. So can we just sort of backtrack a little bit? Because I actually sit there taking notes when I watch the block. And I reckon the episode, the reveal just gone, so we've got a couple of weeks to catch up on, was the finishing of the basement spaces and the stairwells and things like that. Not only was I furious and yelling at the TV, but my son Hugh, who is eight, who's getting sucked into the block, was actually quite offended on your behalf because, you know, he feels like, you know, mum works with Shana. And actually appalled by the behaviour that we saw, I am talking about the twins who basically allowed you and the judges to walk into what can only be described as a pigsty. Can I just play a little bit of audio here, Shana? If you have not seen this episode from Sunday Just Gone, here's a little of what the judges had to say when they walked into the twins' room. What the... That is beyond ugly. What have they done? What the hell is going on with that render? I'd say that is appalling. I'd say that is horrendous. Yeah, that's not a part of the room. But... Like, what, what is this? Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, seriously, this is what I'm talking about. Where is the bloody respect? But what, what the hell is the mattress doing here anyway? I don't care what the mattress is doing there. It's, this makes me so angry. What message is this sending out? This is saying to me, we don't give a flying for what you guys have to say, because if they did, they would not present it like this. I think they need to grow up. 
This is inexcusable. It's a pigsty. Mm -hmm. Darren had high hopes for you guys saving your house by the end of the competition. He really had faith in you, and now he feels those hopes have been dashed. We weren't supposed to stop here, but how do you walk past that? Yeah. Uh, look at his TV, Shana, and mm. you and the other judges. You know, you've got your opinions, but I've got to say, I honestly thought that Neil, yourself, and Darren look genuinely, genuinely disgusted by what you were presented. So this is your podcast. This is your chance to get us behind <laughs> the scenes on the block. Talk me through it. Look, I think it wasn't just that room. It was room after room after room. And, you know, they've got artisans that have been doing pieces for them, Christian Cole, and even even the um, Venetian plaster people. You know, they are professionals and artisans and they put – all their energy and love into these pieces. It's not just about a money transaction. It's for them. And to disrespect the the table, to disrespect the Venetian plaster people to get them to do something that was just so contrasting from everything was there was, again, one of the disrespects there. And the fact that they didn't finish any of the spaces. So they've, they didn't finish properly the um, downstairs basement. They didn't finish the bedroom and an ensuite that wasn't functional to start with. And the garage wasn't finished. And then they, there was some sort of room at the back. Was it a holding room? Was it a waiting room? Like, you just don't know. So there wasn't one room finished that we were meant to judge. Then the whole way through, we're, we're stuck with dirt. We're stuck with everything um, that was absolutely appalling. And, you know... Uh, I know some of those trades have been on the block before and I've never seen uh, trades being put through that as well. And I don't think that's fair on the people that work really hard for them to get them across the line. And you know what? When you, when you get to those sorts of things that a lot of the time all they can do is clean up and to make it like that around the builders is incredibly disrespectful and that's where we're coming from. And it just showed – it didn't even show that they gave up. It just showed that they didn't care. And, you know, no matter what goes on during the week, we don't know. We can feel it. Like, you know, your intuition isn't wrong. And the fact that they got really angry and thought that we were judging them harshly, it's like get realistic. And that's why I said I think they need to grow up because they're in a competition. There's, you know, maybe 70,000, 80,000 people that vied for this job, that vied for this competition, that were not given that opportunity. Like, this is an opportunity to win hundreds of thousands of dollars and to just be that blasé as you get to the end and to be so dogmatic that you're being treated poorly is disrespect. And often we see that buyers have actually watched the show before they splash a hell of a lot of cash on a property. But when you're selling something with furniture and stuff, like just to think, oh, great, so someone's greasy fast food bags were all over that couch. And like you say, these beautiful feature pieces, like it, it is more than disrespectful. It's actually quite arrogant, isn't it? And and like you say, I mean, you know, it's it's wasteful in a society where it's like you can't just throw out a $2,000 chair because you've got some greasy hamburger oil on it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And it's, it's, it's 
I sometimes feel like, you know, people turn around and say, oh, it's being hammed up. It's actually the opposite. It's been quite, from what we saw, that was quite watered down. And, you know, to get to have, you know, two weeks till your house is going to be auctioned and that's what you're doing means that they're going to be leaning heavily on other people to help get them across the line. And it's like, well, they're not treating other people right, so why should it be done the other way? So it was, to see their reaction was was even more sort of like, well, you just, you guys don't get it. You don't get it. If I was in the production team, I'd just be jacking up their reserve like you wouldn't believe. So the, the char- I mean, that's why we have a real estate watchdog who does that. That's uh, oh, independent, right? So it's got nothing to do with production. Oh, but seriously, if they walk away with a few hundred thousand dollars for that uh, for that actual input, that would be rather disappointing. But hey, look, uh, um, and just touching on that ensuite. So if you didn't see the show, there was a very small space that they were trying to say was an ensuite where some basic sort of things like you cannot have a shower door that opens into the shower. Now, I didn't need this. I'd never had to research this. But basically, as Scotty said, um, if someone passes out in the shower because they're like, oh, well, it's okay. We can fit it into the space because the door will just have to open inwards. Legally, you're not allowed to do that. Am I right? Because if someone passed out in a shower, how can you get into the shower to help them apart from smashing through the screen? On the shower, like that's a really interesting thing that came up. Well, you've got to, you, you can have a door that opens up into a shower, but it's got to go both ways. So uh-huh. you, a lot of the time you, you have a shower that opens inwards, but it can yep. hinge the other way as well. Uh-huh. So there was no opportunity for that because there was actually no space to put a shower screen that was right where the door was. And you couldn't actually open the door because you couldn't get to the vanity. So it was just, it was one of those things where you go, how on earth did you guys put this together? Because I know the builders would have been like, no, that that they knew that wouldn't have been done. So something went there in the planning that I don't know about, but I know so many builders that are highly professional on that show that would have gone, there's no way we can do this. So Mm. it would have been interesting to know what went on. You are listening to Homestyle. Thanks to Red Energy, they're born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. Shana, I wanted to spend a little bit of time discussing multifunction areas because I'm all in for multi-purpose because a lot of us have, I don't know, it feels like you sort of have different aspects of your life that, yep, when I'm, you know, in my music mode, I want a space where I can perhaps set up my instruments and write music and have the piano out. But actually, then if I want to entertain, I want to be able to maybe move that aside and use the studio space uh, for partying or for a workshop or, look, you know, something something sort of random like that. We saw the basements in many cases be multi-function. So can you talk... Me through your psychology of what makes a good multifunction space. When it came to Mitch and Mark's basement, Neil actually called it the panic room, which I thought was hilarious. He basically said it looked like they'd panicked and tried to put everything in the room and it became confused. So, can you talk to us about multifunction and maybe give people some tips who would like to have a multifunction space but don't want to turn it into a panic room? Well, I think I think the thing of a multifunctional space is you have to break it down. Going, what are the two two plus um, reasons you want to have that room? So let's you know say for this, it's a, it's a cinema room and a bar, or it's a 
um, a wine cellar and an entertainment space. You've got to make it work for both functions. And most of the time it's it's pretty much, you know, maybe 70% one function with the extra function if you need it. Because it's very hard to make a room 50-50 because it's not going to 100% work in those areas. So if you're going to make it a wine cellar, um, with a bit of entertainment, it, it needs to be more about the wine cellar. It needs to be what's going on in there and with a bit of extra entertainment in there, which Tanya and Vito tried to do that, but it was very 50% entertainment, 50% bar. So it was a little bit like it's multifunction, but who who is the main person we're trying to sort of help in here? And they actually had um, game space too. They had games area. That yeah, is kind of like, oh, and now we're going to let the teenagers hang out in the wine cellar. Well, that was the other thing. I've got to say there will be adults that will go, hang on, I love those things, you know, because, sure. you know, Space Invaders and Foosball, you know, it, it's not just a teenager thing. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's like anything. You, you It's very hard to go 50% on each of the functions. Um, it's like, you know, if you have a um, – bedroom or a study that's going to be a slash guest room you have it mostly as a study and then it's a guest room when you pull out the bed when you pull out the sofa those sorts of things so that's sort of been the main things for multifunction. um and it's also a case of like oh and we need this and we need this and we need this and that's sort of like oh let's tick a box and that's where something becomes not really multifunctional. it's trying to be a bit of everything so decide what the primary function is of the space. Focus yes. on that. Do that to the best that you can. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe aside 20% or something for the other function. Yeah. Oh, you can do 30%. You yep. can pretty much do 30%, but it's just it's got to have a defined most of the time use. You can't, you know, it can't be 50% a study and a 50% a games room because it's like, well, if it's a study – you need to work in it and you know a games room and a study don't work together so yeah yeah now talk to me about wine cellars um as someone who has very very um starkly cut back her alcohol consumption after going a little bit too nuts (laughs) last year during lockdown uh to the point where i'm noticing now because i am not drinking and trying not to drink you know more than a couple times a month this incredible focus on wine culture is there any statistical evidence in the real estate industry to suggest that any house worth more than about one and a half million dollars in Melbourne must have a wine cellar? Look, I'm 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 happy to be proven that yeah, that is the case, that you know, at that price point in an area like where the block is this year, that you absolutely must include the Gaganau wine fridges and dedicate a lot of space to wine. Absolutely not. Really? No, there is not. Most most of that um, is, you know, probably for the ones that are far above that price range of, of a luxury inset. And so, you know, we used to have years ago an ensuite to a master bedroom was a luxury. Now it's a must. Yeah. And, you know, we used to have theatre rooms a long time ago where they were a luxury, then they were a must. A wine cellar is very particular and I think it's one of those things that, um, no, I don't think it's going to become an essential. It's a luxury, but it adds a sense of luxury to a space. And and what is so great about this is the basement is very unique to the area. So it's not something that's expected. It's something that's like unexpected 
that you didn't know what you always wanted. So that's what it is. It's actually throwing this little surprise because you can, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, all of them are quite big and beautiful houses where that part down the bottom is an extra. And so it's like a cherry on the top. So, you know, we've had a couple, we have a couple of them, especially Ronnie and Georgia and um, Jesse and Kirsty are definitely full wine cellars with a cinema experience. Those two don't have multifunction to them. So people will be looking at as that cherry on top because it doesn't take away anything from the room upstairs. But I, I've got to tell you, when you walk into Ronnie and Georgia's wine cellar, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's one of those places where you could – sit and play cards. You can have a conversation. There's no TV. And then you've got the cinema room next to it that the kids are in there. So you're sort of chatting. You're there. You can have the adults in one section, the kids in the other, and you're not far away from each other. Um, but one thing that I was imagining, um, especially on Ronnie and George's and, and Jesse and Kirsty's, is that the way you come down the stairs and the way everything's set up, I can imagine setting up a little um, pretend ticket booth and you could do like kids' parties and little ticket yes. boots and things like that. So they're just fun experiences. Are they necessary? Absolutely not. Do you want one? Yes, please. <laughs> and if you are going to do it, I do notice that you with Mitch and Mark just sort of said, oh, it's like an afterthought. And then kind of just whacked a, ra- a wine rack over the top of carpet. Um, and then with the twins, they didn't even have a sink. So are you really going? And there was carpet underneath where a bar area was. So, I mean, red wine carpet, not a great mix. No, I think in the first first, um, weekend that would be trashed. And the way it was set up, it was they'd already had another another area for that same function and then all of a sudden they created an island bench and it was like, well, you know, it wasn't thought out properly and that's the problem. Um, and then, you know, if you're going to have a wine service area, put the fridges with the wine service. And, you know, there was a bench, there was a fridge, put your wines there and then that all works together. So it, where it was a case that looked like an afterthought was that it's almost like, oh, no, we, we forgot where that's meant to go. Um, and... You know, for Mitch and Mark, their main focus was their upstairs area and, you know, they ran out of time for their stairwell area and you could tell that they were working on which room are we going to put all that energy in that will probably get the most value. And having that extra space upstairs with the study, I think, was a good focus for them to put their energies in there to complete it to make it absolutely incredible downstairs they probably thought people can make it their own but it's only because it's not only because but it's also because the little day spa they created down that area is so jarring compared to what was there they you know Rooms in your house can be completely different. I'm a big one for all bathrooms being completely different as an adventure. Mm. Um, But when you're selling a dream and you're having a day spa that is perfection and you walk out the door and everything is mismatched and not working together, it's quite jarring. Interesting. I must say Ronnie and Georgia had uh, the very similar but slightly more whitewashed uh, terracotta tiles laid in a herringbone pattern which I've done in my bathroom in my new reno I was like oh good to see I love it I love it it. (laughs) 
bit of validation. Uh, of course, we'd love to get your feedback here on Homestyle, thanks to Red Energy. And you can send us an email to podcasts at sen.com.au with a question for Shana. Have we got just a couple of minutes for a quick question from Stace in uh, Bendigo? Absolutely. All right. So this is from Stace Montgomery in Bendigo, regional uh, area out of Melbourne. Shana, we have a moderate budget for an outdoor area for a renovation. I find it so overwhelming seeing how many things the contestants on the block put in an outdoor area. Do we really need a pizza oven, a fridge and a barbecue? What would you prioritise? No, you don't need it all, but it depends, you know, what your Again, what do you want out of the, the area? Do you want that pizza experience? Um, do you want the fridge? You know, do you have a fridge that can sit in the garage? It doesn't have to sit in the outside area. Do you, do you have a, a big drinks fridge in your kitchen? You don't have to have a fridge outside. It's a luxury. Um, for me, always the outdoor area, especially in the Bendigo region, um, some sort of heating whether it's a fire yes. pit nearby or some overhead heat strips or um, just making sure that you have some sort of protection over the top so that the dew doesn't settle on you. Because, you know, when you want, if you're sitting out there in the late afternoon, you want to stay at night. So really sort of your protection from the elements, for me, for me are the priority. Uh, I think definitely a barbecue you know, that you want to sort of do that cooking outside and keep it really casual and either a lounge or dining space. To me, they're the, they're the essentials when you're doing an outdoor area now. Everything else is cream on top. So barbecue and barbecues, I mean, you can get them with the wok burners and, you know, you can practically cook anything on a barbecue these days. So <laughs> You can go as small or as large as you want. It, it's again, you know, what are the, what's the type of cooking you do and what's your, what's your affordability? You know, you might actually put something, you can't afford that big um, barbecue at the moment, but you do want to lead up to it. So make the space for it in your planning. Put something simple in there to start with, and then maybe in a, a year or two, or maybe longer, you get that big, magnificent area, and you've already you don't have to redo it because you've already allocated the space. That is a great idea. All I ever ask people for these days is vouchers for Bunnings. <laughs> so <laughs> for the next two Christmases, you can just um, ask for vouchers and then, yeah, upgrade Off to the really go. flashy barbecue. And you'll be able to go into it soon. <laughs> How exciting is that? Oh, fantastic. Uh, Stace, hope that has given you a few ideas. Just on the note of the fire pit, are you worried that the neighbours in Hampton are going to be a little bit annoyed when the blockheads uh, sell and people move in and start blazing up these huge fire pits? Smoke in the inner city area, is that not something you have to consider, Shana? Um, well, for, for a start, get very dry wood. Okay, Get good very tip. dry wood, yep. You, you know, know your you stuff know. here, don't you? You've... you've well, I do. I've had quite a few fireplaces in my life and a yep. few fire pits. So, And I've had very smoky fire pits and fireplaces because the wood isn't completely dry. So that is a major tip to do that. Um, make friends with your neighbour if you're in the sub suburbs, you know, hang over the fence. You might want to invite them to a fire pit every now and again so that when they smell the fire, they can go, oh, those lucky things. I remember being there. Be friends. Oh, that's a really good tip. And if you invite them into the wine cellar as well for a nice bottle of uh, Victorian red, I'm sure that will go a long way. Shana Blaze, <laughs> thank you so much. We've covered a lot of territory. Look at you producing movies, new TV show coming out, airing on the BBC in the UK, and of course, smashing it on the block uh, this 
Yeah, I think by the time we speak in a couple of weeks, the auctions may have happened. We may know a winner in a couple of weeks. Oh. I have, it's so funny. I get so many people that will go to me, oh, Shana, I love what you do, blah, blah, blah. Who's going to win? And I go, <laughs> I don't. Oh, no, 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 not who's going to win. Is just like who won. And it's like, well, we find out at the same time as you yes. because it's done 24 hours before it goes to air. Yes. So we have no idea. So I'm really excited to see who the winner is. Oh, and it's so exciting to think there might actually be some people in physical proximity to the the auction as opposed to it all having to have been online like it would have been a couple of weeks ago. Uh, thank you, Shana. Like we said, if you want to send us a question, uh, podcast at sen.com.au. You can follow Shana on Instagram, her website, on Facebook. We'll put the links in the show notes and we'll chat to you in a couple of weeks here on Homestyle. Thanks, Shana. Bye. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.